0: and we're back with another episode of the anarchist experience episode 213 aka season three episode 33 uh coming at you this week as always i'm your host mr rich e rich uh going solo again so podcast only this week and honestly i don't know what happened to mc um tried to get a hold of him uh when we do the show at our regular time and i haven't heard back from him so i hope he's okay and everything's all right um we'll see when he gets back to me and lets me know and hopefully he'll be here next week uh hopefully nothing tragic occurring and it's just a little miscommunication uh potentially with the time difference uh, but as you know when we don't have uh mc here helping out with the show uh i like to give you guys a little edition of richie rich reads the news uh mostly because it's easier for me and you know not having someone to talk to makes this difficult i didn't mean i don't I don't know about you, but having someone to talk to always makes things easier for me. Then I don't seem so ranty and rambly like I usually do. Um, But we'll just get right into it because I've also got other things to do now. So here we go. Uh, Headline, do we need the state? Headline, a horrible future awaits for anyone who depends on government. Uh, Headline, where utilitarians go wrong? Headline, social media is not the problem. Uh, Headline, government spending is theft. And finally, headline, abolish foreign aid, all of it. And since I had time to get those lined up before we started uh, this here little show, uh, we're just going to go in order rather than jumping around and seeing where we end up. So let's do it. Uh, Do we need the state? Rousseau was perhaps the first to popularize the fiction now taught in civics class about how government was created. It holds that men sat down together and rationally thought out the concept of government as a solution to problems that confronted them. The government of the United States was, however, the first to be formed in any way remotely, like Rousseau's ideal. Even then, it had to be far from universal support from the three million colonials whom it claimed to represent. The U.S. government, after all, grew out of an illegal conspiracy to overthrow and replace the existing government. There's no question that the result was, by an order of magnitude, the best blueprint for a government that had yet been conceived. Most of America's founding fathers believed that the main purpose of government was to protect its subjects from the initiation of violence from any source, government itself prominently included." That made the U.S. government almost unique in history, and it was that concept, not natural resources, the ethnic composition of American immigrants, or luck, that turned America into the paragon it became. The origin of government itself, however, was nothing like Rousseau's fable or the origin of the United States Constitution. The most realistic scenario for the origin of government is a roving group of bandits deciding that life would be easier if they settled down in a particular locale and simply taxing the residents for a fixed percentage, rather like protection money, instead of periodically sweeping through and carrying off all they could get away with." It's no accident that the ruling classes everywhere have martial backgrounds. Royalty are really nothing more than successful marauders who have buried the origins of their wealth in romance. Romanticizing government, making it seem like Camelot populated by brave knights and benevolent kings, painting it as noble and ennobling, helps peoples to accept its jurisdiction. But, like most things, government is shaped by its origins. Author Rick Mayberry may have said it best in Whatever Happened to Justice... A castle was not so much a plush palace as the headquarters for a concentration camp. These camps, called feudal kingdoms, were established by conquering barbarians who'd enslaved the local people. When you see one, ask not just the stately halls and bedrooms, but the dungeons and torture chambers. A castle was a hangout for silk clad gangsters who were stealing from helpless workers. The king was the lord who had control of the blackjack. He claimed a special divine right to use force on the innocent. Fantasies about handsome princes and beautiful princesses are dangerous. They whitewash the truth. They give children the impression political power is wonderful stuff. Is the state necessary? The violent and corrupt nature of government is widely acknowledged by almost everyone. That's been true since time immemorial, as have political satire and grousings about politicians. Yet almost everyone turns a blind eye, most not only to put up with it, but actively support the charade. That's because although many may believe government to be an evil, they believe it is a necessary evil. The larger question is of of whether anything that is evil is necessary or whether anything that is necessary can be evil is worth discussing. But this isn't the form. What arguably makes government necessary is the need for protection from others, or even more dangerous governments. I believe a case can be made that modern technology obviates this function. One of the most perversely misleading myths about the government is that it promotes order within its own ballywick, keeps groups from constantly warring with each other, and somehow creates togetherness and harmony in fact that's the exact opposite of the truth there's no cosmic imperative for different people to rise up against one another unless they're organized into political groups the middle east now the world's most fertile breeding ground for hatred provides an excellent example muslims christians and jews lived together peacefully peaceably in palestine lebanon and north africa for centuries until the situation became politicized after world war one until then an individual's background and beliefs were just personal attributes not a Cassus Belli? A government was at its most benign and ineffectual nuisance that concerned itself mostly with extorting taxes. People were busy with that most harmless of activities, making money. But politics do not deal with people as individuals. It scoops them up into parties and nations, and some groups inevitably wind up using the power of the state, however innocently or justly at first, to impose its values and wishes on others with predictably destructive results. What would otherwise be an interesting kaleidoscope of humanity then sorts itself out according to the lowest common denominator, peculiar to the time and place. Sometimes that means along religious lines, as with the Muslims and the Hindus in India, or the Catholics and Protestants in Ireland, or ethnic lines like the Kurds and Iraqis in the Middle East, or Tamils and Sinhalese in Sri Lanka. Sometimes it's mostly racial, as whites and East Indians fought through Africa in the 1970s, or Asians in California in the 1870s. Sometimes it's purely a matter of politics, as Argentines, Guatemalans, Salvadorans, and other Latins discovered more recently. Sometimes it amounts to no more than personal beliefs, as the McCarthy era in the 1950s and the Salem trials of the 1690s proved. Throughout history, government has served as a vehicle for the organization of hatred and oppression, benefiting no one except those who were ambitious and ruthless enough to gain control of it. That's not to say government hasn't then and now performed useful functions, but the useful things it does could and would be done far better by the market. End of the article, for the most part. I like how long articles go about just answering a simple question: Do we need the state? No, we don't. Uh, and it should come to no surprise that you know the the article ended abruptly, uh, but on the point that uh, markets do it better. And I think this is this is one of those areas where more and more I'm hearing uh, people who claim to be a libertarian or anti-state not taking it all the way to the end they go like well markets but not really right because markets imply business and business implies corporations and corporations imply uh, fraud and taking advantage of consumers and greed and and they go well we can't have that and so as as good as markets can handle most things uh, not everything uh, and it pains me to see that you know th- those people are willing to use uh, minimal force, right? A certain level of force uh, to aggress against peaceful, otherwise peaceful people uh, to to get certain things done. Uh, most recently, it popped up um, in the news. I don't have an article for it, but it, it popped up in my news, and then you know some some people were commenting on it. Uh, you know, quote unquote friends on Facebook about the Supreme court decision coming down at some point in the future about whether or not businesses can discriminate against people based on sexual orientation. Right. And, you know, I think the general consensus is that would be a bad thing. And I I typically agree that it would be a bad business decision decision, Uh, To do that. But my question for those who are, you know, wanting the government to intervene in that is, do you believe in property rights? Because if you believe in property rights, and you know, ownership thereof, um, you would have to also agree that business owners are allowed to do with their property as they please, as are individuals, right? Individual property owners, whether or not you own your own business, uh, you, it, whatever's yours, you have uh, autonomy over, right? You do what you please with it. And to uh, in, for the government to interfere in that um, is, is just that. It's government involving itself where it ought not be or where anyone ought not be. Right? For government to tell uh, a property owner that they're not allowed to do with their property as they see fit uh because the majority of people disagree with how they would use it uh, is to completely remove the idea of property rights. And so you don't you don't want the state to interfere with that and no matter how much you may disagree with the decisions of the business owner whether or not they fire uh over, you know, race or ethnicity or uh, sex or sexual orientation is none of your business, right? The the only business you have in that matter is that of a customer. Um, if you are a customer to the business, and then you can just simply take your business elsewhere. Um, but to say, no, 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 you should not be allowed to do those things. And now we're going to intervene with the force of government uh, is to remove, you know, is to remove those rights from the property owner. So, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's one of those like, gotcha um, situations, one of those, you know, one of those uh, examples that people bring up where, you know, it's supposed to be very Obvious what the answer is, um, but when you take a step back and you go, like, well, is this going to involve more government into the lives of individuals and, and property owners and and business m- business enterprises? And if the answer is yes, well, you should be against it for that reason, right? Whether or not whether or not you as a business owner or a property owner would discriminate based on sexual orientation is not the question at hand. Is it? Should property owners have autonomy? over what is theirs. And if you say no, well then, yeah, then the idea of property rights and, and property ownership goes right out the window. And you know, the state can do what they want with whom they want for whatever reason they want, just as long as they have, you know, majority backing, right. But, but even the, the vaccine issue is now a state intervention issue. Um, saying like, no, 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 you know, from, from what should be done to now, what must be done and what will imprison you if you don't, um, uh, just takes it a step too far. Um, so do you, do you need the state to interfere in these matters? No, right. You don't, um, you know, if you believe in property rights, the property owner has ultimate control over their property. And if you don't like it, then just, you know, don't associate with those individuals, right? If you don't like the, if businesses discriminating based on sexual orientation, uh, don't give them your business, right? Make them earn it, uh, on the merits of the services and, and products that they provide, uh, not on whether or not they kowtow to government demands, right? If you don't want to get, uh, you know, certain diseases like measles is the, is whatever, whatever reason, the big one now, um, uh, stay on your own property, right? Don't get on the bus. Don't get on the plane. Don't go out in public, uh, where you might encounter an unvaccinated individual hell bent on taking down the Entire population with the spread of their vicious, vicious measles. Um, that's not on you so long as there's going to be, you know, public property and public lands and, you know, group ownership and, and group theft of all individuals to, to care and maintain those things. Well, then those are the risks that you take for entering into those areas. Right. And if you're vaccinated yourself, um, uh, shouldn't that be enough? Um, uh, and I don't want to hear it about, you know, the, the, the kids too young to get the, then don't take those little ones out of the house. Why are you putting them in dangerous situations where they could encounter, uh, ungodly amounts of diseases and germs and bacteria from any number of sources you know and but but you take them out there and yet it's everyone everyone has to revolve you know everyone must revolve around uh, the needs of your little one because they cannot get vaccinated for whatever reason Uh, and you know so so now it's not my responsibility to put myself in danger to to protect to protect who (laughs) right um so, yeah, so, so I just, you know, uh, to, to answer the question again, uh, long-winded article and a long-winded explanation, just for me to get around to saying, no, no, you don't need the state. Not, no, not only do you not need them, uh, you don't want them because all they do is interfere. They muddle, they get in the way. Uh, and you know, they do more harm than good, even when their quote unquote intentions, uh, may be benevolent. So you know, get the state out of your life as much as possible. Uh, interact with those fools as little as possible, and stay away from them as best you can. Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I don't, I don't stir the pot um, unless they, you know, unless they bring me the bowl. I guess for, to keep that metaphor going, I, I try not to interact with them. I try not to bother them as long as they leave me alone. Um, I do my best to keep my money out of their grubby little hands, um, and I go about my business. So. And if everyone did that, uh, then, you know, they, they would, like, wither and die on the vine before they had the chance to rob everybody. Moving on. Well, guess who I just ran into or found online somewhere. Didn't know where he was, but now, who was lost, now has been found. Welcome to the show. MC. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of the show, I said I didn't know where he was, and I didn't um lost track of time apparently (laughs) that's that's the story i got but here he is now um so real briefly mc just to recap i've only done one article do we need the state um you can comment on that if you want to or what's going on with you where you been man well it's it's really easy to lose track of time after you've watched avengers endgame yes holy crap i'm no spoilers on this show but jesus oh my goodness
1: so I, I'm I'm gonna blame it on that and and yeah. So I'm just still trying to figure things out. Should we just and snap
0: our fingers and start from the beginning? Just yeah, erase it all.
1: Well, I'm gonna snap my fingers and and dispel the myth of uh, socialism and communism being a good thing. <laughs> okay, Luke, <laughs> Wait, Let's do the, it. If the, if that was a myth, I right.
0: some people, man. <laughs> I I read something today. Someone posted like the difference, the difference between um democratic socialism and a social democracy. And I was like, oh my God. Like, do we are we really getting, we really have to go there now? And apparently we did yeah. But go ahead. Dispel well, the, the myth. Thing.
1: Well, I mean, just to get back to what you were saying is they, they make up a new language and then you have to debate that. And yes. And it's, it's a horrible way of, of doing things.
0: And if you don't debate that, then you're strawmanning what they're not talking about in, anymore.
1: Right. So, it's... Yeah, it's it's really weird, but, um, I guess w- the, what I was trying to come up with, and and I I, I kind of, almost in a way, want to go further down this line of thought that I'm thinking, and maybe try to prove it in a book or something, and and uh, maybe I'll sell a whole bunch of books and make a whole bunch of money or something. But anyway, I think that the, uh, m- most most of Marxism and and uh. Socialism is is more because people are upset with the flaws of capitalism than yes. they are with any sort of actual plan or way of you know organizing society uh, that they come up with because because um, their ideas obviously require a lot of central planning. And there's nobody capable of doing it. And so the the Zeitgeist people would say, well, we'll we'll just hand it off to a computer and the computer will make all the decisions for us. And that's
0: just fantasy. Um, At
1: least now. You know, who knows, 10 years from now.
0: Yeah. Well, let's take one step back and say the reason that this is coming up is because uh, you watched it first because I I talked about it and then I watched it. The uh, Slavov-Jajek versus Jordan Peterson quote-unquote debate. Uh, which was supposed to be, you know, some sort of, of communism, Marxism versus capitalism, um, with some happiness thrown in there, um, and it was a it was a weird thing. Um, but we both watched that, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is where your line of thought is stemming from. Kind of. Um, I, I think more of it is just kind of building up to
1: what my ideas are okay that's and that's why i was just trying to get those out there but yeah i I did watch the zizek debate um it was it was really weird it was really hard to listen to um and zizek at at, at least didn't even come prepared to do what what the debate was for which is he was supposed to be defending uh, marxism um and he didn't at all (laughs) really
0: yeah well, and that that's the weird thing. I think there was that expectation, um, and I don't remember what the exact setup for the debate when they were introduced was, um, but again, like I said, there were some happiness issues thrown in there, and he focused mainly on that. Like, his opening statement was basically, um, you know, the, the the battle between communism and capitalism is over, capitalism won. Now, how do we keep it in check and make sure that everyone's happy? And then off on his little ramble rants he went sure and so um
1: yeah and that's and that's but he also explained about himself too that yes. he's a, a a permanent pessimist and that's that's actually what got me thinking about more about just how uh, all the marxists are they're just genuinely unhappy people that don't see uh good things in the world um because yeah, someone else has all the money yeah, they have well, nothing that's that's what they that's what they think you know <laughs> yeah,
0: like, i know well, if you
1: if you if you own your body you've got something of value you know and but of course they don't believe they own themselves so uh yeah it's a really negative way to to think about the world and uh and that that's also why i really appreciate jordan Peterson's outlook on things is uh because there there is a lot of stuff that is positive and he mentioned uh you know anywhere capitalism is tried uh lives improve and and uh, for the area um so yeah capitalism okay it's not perfect but it's you know it's it's the best thing that uh is, is better than anything else that's out there it's it's the yeah i don't want to i don't want to say capitalism is bad cuz it's it's not it's just it's it's neither good nor bad. It's just a a way to do things, right?
0: <laughs> right, and I and I think that's I think that's where the term capitalism and people who I identify as capitalists uh, get a bad rap is that uh, the opposing view wants to position us as thinking that this is some sort of um, utopian be all end all um, solution for everything, and I don't think any. Any capitalist or anarcho-capitalist or you know anarchist um, who who believes in free trade, well, you know whatever whatever word you want to use for that guy, uh, is making that claim. It just says that it's the most fair system um, and it's the freest system because it's the one that allows people to interact on a voluntary basis um, as much as possible, and based on the evidence of how that's worked out when it's been um, mostly allowed right you know it, it, we we don't have full free market capitalism out there um but countries and and geograph- geographic regions that tend to lean in that direction um tend to have higher standards of living um than those who go socialist or or take the communistic route um And again, it's not that everyone is, you know, wealthy and everyone's the boss, but even, you know, like Jordan Peterson said in the debate, um, even the people on the lower end of the spectrum rise up and rise up at a much faster rate, um, than anything else that's been tried so far. So if there's another system out there that, you know, that does it all and turns into the utopia, um, by all means, you know, I'm open-minded, um. But if it allows, you know, if it allows people to interact voluntarily um, and doesn't have the state intervening for, you know, uh, for the good of one at the at the expense of another, um, then I think we can just go ahead and and say that it would be capitalistic in nature anyway. Since the to me those are like the core tenets, MC.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing is 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 about what uh, I guess the basics um and that is if if you if you don't have a uh, respect for private property then you don't have respect for people in my opinion so um yeah yeah that's pretty and much i talked it. about
0: that i talked about that in the first article a little bit because um you know there was there was news and people were posting on facebook with the supreme court um set to rule on whether or not uh business owners can fire people based on sexual orientation um, and my question, you know, when I got into a discussion with that was, well, do you believe in property rights, right? Because if, if you believe in property rights, um, then yes, you know, you, you should be able to do, you know, you should have autonomy over your property and discriminate in whatever manner you wish. Um, and the state should not intervene. Um, if you think that sexual orientation is that big of an issue uh, for you that you're willing to involve the state and remove property rights from certain groups of people um, to fit your social agenda, well then, no, you, you cannot defend property rights. You're don't. You you know, you're not a, a believer of freedom or a believer in voluntarism or a believer in, in capitalism for that matter. You're a believer in the state and state intervening in the lives of anybody for whatever reason they deem... To be the social justice issue at the moment wonderful <laughs> did we did, did I derail you a little bit? I know you wanted you, you initially said uh, communism and socialism and debunking the myth once and for all well no well so I guess what i'm trying was trying to say was that
1: Marxism is based on on pessimism and pe- people that that follow that ideology are mostly just upset with their lives and upset with uh the fact that they're not you know in control and okay. somehow they they i think they believe that if if people would do uh their ideology and, and follow their ideology that that uh things would be better for them maybe i don't even know Okay. Um, so are you, you saying that of-
0: if we get if we can get people if we can get uh, marxists and communists and socialists to change their perception of reality, you might be able to to turn them into to to drop their uh communistic ways and tendencies? Sure.
1: I th- I think that's if if I was uh, a marxist, I would want somebody to challenge my pessimism and say Hey, is there anything you know good going on, and and what is it? Um, and I think voluntary exchange uh, is is a is a very good thing, and, and causes all kinds of wonderful uh, interactions between people, and and being able to uh, uh, not buy something from somebody. Um, or have options to buy from different people is it's one of the best parts about it and that's i mean uh if if you don't have the right to discriminate on you know which products you buy then um then bad things happen you run out of stuff and and uh, you know if you have price controls then um people take their business
0: elsewhere and you end up in a situation like venezuela so what what about the the Marxists and the communists and the socialists that say, well, it's it's too late for that because they are already starting behind the eight ball, right? They're the poor of society. The wealthy have already amassed all the wealth, taken all the property, used up all the land, taken the resources, have control well, over the factories. How do that's, they that's get there? That's a
1: that's a lot of pessimism I just heard out of you, and that's and that's what I would tell them. Is like like seriously, it's it's not that bad. Um, you can pull yourself together and and uh you know figure out a way to raise yourself in in the social order so that you're not uh viewing yourself as as being someone
0: who's uh owned by their employer which is a ridiculous thing to say sure and you could also just write a book right about how socialism is good for everybody and join like the sanders join the wealthy class yeah exactly you know you just write a book right? You want to, you want to be rich. You just write a book about how, you know, you're, you know, um, who was it talking to? I was talking to someone about it. It's like the, um, the, the guru's guide to getting rich, right? You don't have to, you don't have to do anything as the guru, uh, to get rich. You just have to tell people you have all the answers and sell your solution. And you know, when, when people buy your solution, you get rich. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I call it the guru formula, right? The guru, the <laughs> there, guru there does nothing.
1: There's definitely a formula out there and people are
0: doing it on, on YouTube and stuff all the time. Yes. Follow, follow my plan and I will show you how to get rich. And my plan is, you know, it's like network marketing. My plan is now you go out there and tell hundreds of people how to get rich. And when they pay you, you'll be rich. And then you pay me and I'll be even richer. Cause I'll get, you know, the, whatever the, the, the guru formula uh, basically. And, um, man I, th- I was talking to em and she like she compared it to like uh robert kiyosaki it was like we were talking about like robert kiyosaki and donald trump and i said well dis- despite you know being president he's like mostly a business failure right and and you know like with all the bankruptcies and doing the math and like but, but robert kiyosaki um you i was like i wouldn't consider it to be a business failure she goes well he's mostly famous because of the book uh um, mm-hmm. You know, and I go, well, that's the guru formula, right? You don't, you don't have to be successful in what you're actually doing. Well, you I mean, just have to that, be successful in pitching it. That made him famous, but was he rich when he wrote the book or? Well, to an extent, yes. But you know, when you really extrapolate the wealth, um, you know, when people start buying the book, right. When people go like, oh, that's how this, this is how you get rich. Um, meanwhile, lining his pockets, you know, with the, the, the residuals from the book sales. Hmm. Now I got to write a book on how to get rich on Bitcoin. There you go. Mm. And you know, once you do it, you'll, you'll be, you know, as long as the book sells, you won't even need the Bitcoin because you'll just be rich off of the dollars that people spend purchasing the book.
1: Right on. Actually, there's a, there's a YouTube guy. He's kind of scammy. Uh, I believe that. it. The crypto crew, I forget what his name is. Um, I watched some of his video. He, he, he mostly does uh trade it, uh,
0: Chart analysis on Bitcoin trends. Okay. Well, what makes him scammy then? Like, you don't believe he's being uh, genuine? Um, I think it's way
1: overpriced. Like, he charges like four thousand dollars to get access to his videos. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and they're and they're not really uh, that impressive and uh, not that valuable. So it's like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's a scam. I'm, I'm saying it's you don't see not, the value. Yeah, I, I think people that want to learn how to trade, should, you know, can do better just watching other people's YouTube
0: videos, like randomly. <laughs> see, and I, you know, that, that aspect of it, that uh, that what's the word? I'm man. It's, it's the same word. That formula um, is what I've always considered to be like the. I call it the Martha Stewart formula because uh, I remember years ago. I was watching, uh, it was like a made for TV movie on Martha Stewart. Um, and I was a kid at the time. And so I don't know how historically accurate, um, this part of the movie was, but it's the part that stuck with me. And it was like Martha Stewart s- somewhere doing like a bake sale in the middle of wherever she happened to be. And she was like selling her pies, right? And she had like, you know, her pies for like five bucks and no one was buying her pies. And Unlike most people, go like, well, shit, you got to cut your losses and cut your prices to get, you know, to move the pies. Um, she went the other way, like she raised the price of her pies to so like ten or fifteen bucks or whatever it happened to be, and all of a sudden, right, people go like, wow, this is a fifteen dollar pie, uh, and self consciously, right, you know, or uh, yeah, you know, with uh, subconsciously maybe, you know, they force themselves to enjoy the pie more than if they bought a five dollar pie. Right. And, and the, the other example that gets thrown around, um, in communities that we're in is, you know, the book, uh, think and grow rich, right. They go like, well, if you, if you bought this book, you know, from the dollar bin and you paid 99 cents for it, you're really only going to get 99 cents worth of value out of it. However, if this book cost you $10,000, you can bet your life that you'd be, you know, rereading and studying every damn page of it, you know, absorbing all the information that it has to offer, uh, so that you get your $10,000 worth out of it. Um, so when crypto people, you know, say like, well, my information is worth thousands of dollars more than everyone else's, um you you can bet your ass that you're going to do exactly what that dude says and study it and and you know if you come out ahead you're going to attribute it you know to to that and go like well that was $4,000 well spent because i wouldn't have made this money otherwise um even if the information is the same as the dude giving his stuff away for free taking you know donations uh through bitcoin it's it's the perceived value as opposed to the actual cost of whatever it is uh you happen to be oh, purchasing okay
1: another well so I'll take that back. I, I will put it in the scamming category because uh, he, he did make a, uh, a web page that he sells his stuff on and there's a whole bunch of fake comments that are obviously fake.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's and different. So, that would fall into like fraud too then if you're, you know. Yeah. And,
1: but, but the thing is who, who made the fake statements? Was it him or did he pay somebody to do it? And so. Uh, good question. But it's, I mean, it's obviously fake though. I mean, you know when when every review is five star and it didn't and doesn't talk about any of the content it just you know and it <laughs> just says oh this is awesome and yeah it's it's like so so glowing but no
0: uh no specifics um yeah so i i i don't know if i've ever shared this with you or on the air um i i used to work for a, a definitely a scammy um home security company now say what you will about association, but at the time, um, many of us had no idea that this was a scam until long after we had been fired and the dude like skipped town. Now we had inklings of some shady dealings, uh, th- you know, throughout, uh, but our paychecks cleared. And as far as we knew, um, when, when we closed the sale, the, the, the customers were served properly. Um, but there was, you know, part of our pitch, was to say that you know this 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 uh, home security company was like the number one home security company in Hawaii and we laughed because the company was only like 2 months old right how can you be the number one home security company when you've only been around for 2 months number one and I worked for like the number one home security company <laughs> in Hawaii <laughs> prior to that. And they've been around since like the sixties, you know, so they had like a, you know, 50 years worth of goodwill, um, and, and local relations built, <laughs> built in, <laughs> this guy comes in like two months and he goes, what are you guys laughing at? It's true. It's true. I, how is it true, man? He goes, you gotta go Hawaii alarm com. We're rated number one. So it's not a lie. When you, when you speak those words as part of your pitch, you're being sincere. It's not a lie. We're rated number one on Hawaiialarmreview.com. So if anyone asks you where you rated number one, you just say Hawaii So, <laughs> I, all right. So I go check out Hawaiialarmreview.com and go oh, good golly. Are we rated number one? right? Now, right, right above, you know, the real number one and the number two and the number three companies, uh, you know, locally, I go, huh? Very curious. So I do a, who is on, on the domain and guess who owns the site? The owner of the alarm company, right? so he puts into <laughs> right. his pitch that we're number one and you know, then he builds a website and makes himself number one. So he can, you know, validate his claim, but total scam, you know, total, you know, total lie, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, depending on how much of the truth you're willing to bend. Um, but yeah, so you know, there's, there's, there's the truth. And then there's, yeah, no, my five friends rated my business, you know, the best and you know, so, so it is i've got five star reviews all over the place every time facebook pops up an ad for like you know free this free that with shipping uh i click through it just to see what what the catch is Um, and it's usually you know high shipping or you know get your information so i put some dummy information in just to see how far i can get uh, before they give me the real price and it's unbelievable how this you know cheap knockoff stuff from china uh Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know what I mean, Um, is, you know, marked up and promoted as, you know, the be all end all and five stars here and four and a half stars there. And oh my God, this is the best thing since sliced bread as like, man, that thing's like two bucks on Alibaba, you know? (laughs) So you're not, you're you're not putting one over on me. If you're charging, you know, whatever, if you're giving it away and charging more than five bucks to ship it, excuse me, I know where, I know where the money's being made. So same, you know, again, I'll tie this right back in to crypto. If you're if you're selling your crypto information and your advice for four thousand dollars, and you know, if your, your buddies who have maybe taken your advice, maybe not, are the ones reviewing your services, um, yeah, is it a scam? Well. Eh, probably uh, i'll say probably um can you get away with saying no 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 these are customers they have they've purchased my services and they've left reviews yeah you can definitely say that so it's not it's not a complete fraud but it's definitely uh disingenuous uh and misleading at best mc hey but if if
1: six people buy from him he makes you know enough to live off for a year so
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah uh, anyway. why not Yeah. But that's all you need, right? If you're going to raise, if you're going to make those prices that high, um, you know, maybe his goal is just to sucker the whales in and the, and the rich people with money to transfer their wealth over to him, um, because they don't know any better. Right. And they go, well, price must mean quality. Uh, and so if they're trying to get in, you know, if they're, if they're, um, you know, wealthy, maybe in the top 1% or so, and they're looking to, you know, increase that by going through Bitcoin, they got $4,000 to drop to hear what he has to say. Um, so be it, you know, if you're just a regular Joe off the street trying to figure out what Bitcoin is, you're not you're not even in the market for his services anyway. Anything else? Yeah.
1: So, so don't be so negative, Marxist. Find something positive. Uh, it's it's so weird when your your number one uh, selling point is being able to twist language around to get people to feel like they're being ripped off. Always. And, and, and that's that's the main thing in Marxism is like you're not in the, what do, you call it, what do they call it, proletariat or the bourgeois? The bourgeois, yeah. The bourgeois the, is the rich people.
0: So you must be a proletariat struggling in this harsh and cruel world yeah. trying to get your piece of that pie. That, that was the, the main
1: thing that, that Jordan Pearson was trying to get across. I don't know if he was pointing that out more for the audience or or to zuzek it's like the the division like the the binary division between uh you know the people the the workers and and uh and the employers it's it's not even it's not even reality there's all kinds of different you know in betweens there and uh and it's and if you're if you're an employee and you're doing it willingly, and if you like your employer, um, then then you're not in that situation where you know that, yeah.
0: that that you have to revolt or even would want to. Uh, That's the way I've to. always considered myself. I you know I'm still an employee, but I, I sell my labor to the highest bidder. Right. And then, you know, if, if the bid's not that high, well, that's something for me to reflect upon myself and what value I can add, um, to the organization or to society as a whole, uh, to get more, or maybe, you know, maybe it's just that, uh, what, we're, what it would require of me to make more. Um, I'm not currently willing to do it. Right. Like I don't, I don't want to work that hard as long as I'm making, you know, decent money, uh, doing what I'm doing and I, uh, and I enjoy my, enjoy myself and my life, um, I don't want to take a job that I wouldn't enjoy going to, uh, just to make a few extra bucks and, you know, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't, it, you know, it depends if it, if the opportunity arises, I, I might look into it. Um, but I always go like, well, I, this, this is where I'm at right now. And this is where I ought to be right now, because this is where I am. And if I want to change my situation, the only person that's responsible for that is me. Uh, pretty much,
1: um, Probably we probably have to talk about it, maybe off the air uh, first. But do you have any criticisms
0: of capitalism? Right? Obviously, we know it's not perfect. I mean, besides government. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, d- uh, I don't personally have any real criticisms with capitalism, only because I don't. Just, I don't care enough. But it's also just people, right? So yeah. Like so, people make
1: so, bad decisions and people treat people bad within capitalism. Um, right.
0: W- so, so one of the like- one of the terms that gets thrown around a lot that you know people criticize capitalism for is uh they, they say like, well it's a market failure. Right. You know, people the the fact that corporations pollute is like a market failure. You know, if the, the market doesn't want them to pollute and yet they do, so it's a market failure. Um uh, you know or, or when you know when solar companies or whatever go out of business, it's like a market failure because that's obviously better um, than uh, uh, fossil fuel energy um, and I just I never like the term market failure" because to me um, the market itself hasn't failed right the certain organizations have failed, and it's possible that people value the products, services, and or price of the organization more than they care uh, about your social issue of pollution or, and, and renewable energy, right? The, the market hasn't failed. It has reflected back the demands and wants of the consumer. And that's not a market failure. That's, that's a market um, success. Uh, it just happens to be in a direction opposed to what your personal beliefs are. Um, so I, I, you know, I guess it's not really a criticism of capitalism. It's a criticism of a criticism of capitalism. Um, but the, you know, to, to me, again, when I hear the term capitalism, I hear private property and voluntary association and voluntary exchange. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't trade that for any, uh, any outcome that involves coercion. So I don't, I don't have any criticisms of capitalism in that respect uh, because, you know, it, it may not be the perfect system in terms of outcome, uh, but I don't focus on outcomes. I focus, you know, I don't, I don't focus on ends. I focus on means. I don't care what your ends are. uh, If you, you know, if you use coercive, aggressive, violent, you know, means to get there uh, I want to put an end to that, you know? So if you want, if you want equality and wealth for all people, um, you know, the for me the path goes through capitalism, right? You you must use voluntary exchanges, peaceful interactions amongst individuals to get to those ends. Um, and once you cross that line and and say that the ends justify the means, and you know by any means necessary to achieve equality for all and you know wealth for all, I go well. I don't, that's that's not what I want that's not what I believe in and that's what I will fight against right because then at some point during that exercise to get to the equality that you want uh, someone is going to be harmed right the, the, the unseen of all your good deeds will be borne out by somebody who had you know, no part in that uh, aside from the fact that they couldn't defend themselves against you and you know your onslaught and your state and government interference all righty then all right. So what else are we going to ban? Do we got some, uh, uh, some, something on our list? Well, so I read through the headlines already. I'll, I'll give you the, the ones that I haven't read yet. And you know if you want to pick one to, to, to run through, we can do that. Um, so we have what's left is a horrible future awaits for anyone who depends on government. Uh, we have where utilitarians go wrong. That might be a good one to, to jump into as far as a segue. Uh, social media is not the problem uh government spending is theft and finally abolish foreign aid all of it any of those well, ju- well, I jump hate out foreign to foreign aid okay um, let's do that then is, i hope it's a good case for it <laughs> it apology. should be i mean well this okay so this comes from the future freedom foundation um, jacob hornberger if that name means anything to you he's, he, you know to i think a well-known name within the economics community so we'll we'll go with that Uh, As most everyone knows, the federal government is now in debt to the tune of more than $22 trillion. Since federal officials are now spending on an annual basis around a trillion dollars more than what they are bringing in with taxes, that is going to raise the federal debt by a trillion dollars every year. We are reminded of this phenomenon by the periodic debates on whether Congress should raise the debt ceiling or implicit acknowledgement that too much federal debt is not a good thing especially since the feds will ultimately tax the American people to pay back what they have borrowed to fund their welfare-warfare state. On the welfare state side, the big-ticket items are Social Security and Medicare, the two crown jewels of the American welfare state. Abolishing them would go a long way towards resolving the fiscal problem. Yet to even suggest... A thing brings howls of lamentation, despair, and rage from both conservatives and liberals. These two socialist programs go to the core of their joint status philosophy. They are not about to touch either one, especially since that would alienate seniors who unfortunately have grown dependent on the government dole. On the warfare side, the big ticket items are the Pentagon, Military Industrial Complex, the CIA, NSA, along with their foreign and domestic empire of military bases and their forever wars, occupations, regime change, operations, coups, invasions, wars of aggression, and ongoing assassination program. Dismantling America's national security establishment and and restoring a limited government republic to our land would go a long way toward resolving the fiscal problem. Yet, to even suggest such a thing brings howls of lamentation, despair, and rage from both conservatives and liberals. The warfare state goes to the core of their joint status philosophy. Moreover, there is no possibility that the national security establishment would ever consent to its own dismantling or to even a major reduction in the amount of tax money that it expects to be allocated every year. In the middle of this fiscal morace is a multitude of mid-sized or smaller-sized federal programs, such as the drug war, farm subsidies, education grants, the SBA, Radio Marti. Abolishing all of them would go a long way towards resolving the fiscal crisis. But conservative and liberal supporters maintain that abolishing any of them would do nothing significant to reduce overall federal spending, and therefore they say each and every one of them should be left intact. So where does that leave the nation? On a track toward national bankruptcy, where the federal government lacks the money to cover its welfare, warfare, state spending, and at the same time service the interest on its debts, much less pay down the debt. Think Greece. At some point, things could get pretty nasty with the feds desperately looking everywhere they can to seize money, such as IRA accounts and 401ks, and replace them with government bonds, much like President Franklin Roosevelt did during the emergency economic crisis in the 1930s when he seized everyone's gold and replaced it with government bonds. But here's an idea. Why not abolish foreign aid? All foreign aid. After all, foreign aid really is nothing more than welfare for foreign officials. Like other welfare state programs, it's funded by money that the IRS extracts from American taxpayers. After covering the expenses of the IRS, the federal bureaucracies that perform this service, billions of dollars are sent to public officials in foreign countries. What do those foreign officials do with it? Some of them line their personal pockets with it. Others use it to help cover government expenses. The obvious question arises, why should the American people be plundered and looted to subsidize the personal lifestyles of foreign officials, or to subsidize foreign governmental operations? Why shouldn't Americans instead be free to keep that money for themselves, for such things as mortgage payments, children's educations, a new car, or a vacation? Why should the need of foreign officials have priority over the need of American citizens?" If U.S. officials were honest, they would acknowledge that foreign aid is nothing more than bribery. The foreign aid is never free. It comes with strings. The strings say, do as we say or you will lose your dole. So when the U.S. government needs votes in the United Nations, international dole recipients know full well what their duty is, or when the United States government needs a coalition of the willing to support one of its imperialistic, uh, imperialist adventures, it knows that it can call on its international dull recipients. Even when the U S empire is going it alone for some foreign escapade, it knows it can count on no criticism from its dull recipients or else. There is also a moral element to foreign aid. The fact that American tax money is being used in immoral ways, including oppression of innocent people, two good examples of this phenomenon, involves Israel and Egypt. U.S. foreign aid to Israel helps Israeli government maintain its brutal system of oppression against the Palestine people. U.S. foreign aid to Egypt enables the Egyptian military dictatorship to maintain its brutal system of oppression against the Egyptian people. If American citizens want to support the Israeli government or Egyptian government with private donations, so be it. But why should any American be forced to support either system of oppression through the system based on plunder and foreign aid welfare? Abolishing all foreign aid would not in and of itself resolve America's spending debt fiscal crisis, but at least it would move the United States in the right direction, a direction of morality, fiscal responsibility, and freedom. Did that do it for you, MC? Yeah, except I, I think most people don't care about that. It's <laughs> so it's, it's it's a hard sell. It um, is a very hard sell. Yeah. But I think that was the point of bringing up all the other, you know, uh, social and military military programs and everything in between um to the article was to say that well, those those are even harder sells because bipartisan no one wants to get rid of those. Um so what's left? You know, and that, not that we're advocating for any of those programs. I would like, personally like to see everything that was mentioned abolished, uh, because I am not part of that uh, conservative liberal uh, paradigm that he that he mentioned. Um, right. But yeah, for for the average for the average American, it might be a hard sell, but any any yeah. less hard than the other things?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably just as hard as getting rid of uh, Medicare, Medicaid, for example. Um, it's just it's ingrained it's just the way they do government I was gonna say do business but it's not business It's not business at all it's it's very coercive and um yeah so i I don't see uh them getting around it um there's there's one guy who would be open to it uh he's he's kind of interesting um he's the u b i guy uh, he's running for president, Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I watched his whole interview with uh, uh the Daily Caller. I forget what his name is, Ben Shapiro. Okay. Um, it it was it was a good interview. Um, it wasn't too negative or anything. Um, but he you know he was challenged on it quite a bit, and but the idea is still that well. You know what? Do, so Andrew Yang would say, "Well, what do the American people really want?" And, and he would say, "I think quite thousand right, bucks a month." Uh, yeah,
0: bonus.
1: They, they would they would want money. If I mean, if they're going to get anything from the government, just give them money. And I think that's uh, a fair observation. Um, people would rather have the money and spend it how they want. Um, but I think that also goes in in to pretty much all cases. Um, so rather than uh foreign aid what would american people rather want well they'd want money <laughs> you know same sure. thing. so uh i think par- part of the problem is i mean there's there's many problems but you know maybe i've heard a stat that maybe up to 50% of people don't even pay taxes um so why would they care uh where the money goes if it goes
0: to foreign aid or you know
1: something else stupid um
0: well, this last round, people were upset because their refund checks weren't as big as they anticipated. So if you can, right. if you can pin it and that on one just, if you can pin it on foreigners, right? Well, your refund check would have been bigger if we weren't giving aid to Israel and Egypt. Yeah, I mean, if you could, but
1: um, but sure. But the, my my point is is people would rather have the money than than the vast majority, probably ninety percent of the government pro- programs. Um, yeah but they're 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 not going to get it because they're too stupid they
0: don't get it and <laughs> they don't understand yeah. so. <laughs> well and you know the the easy way to do that then would be to let them keep more of their earned money and right. then cut all these programs that everyone you know doesn't want to see disappear and so right? what about the seniors? What about the defense i don't feel safe without our military protecting our borders and so that's one of the
1: strategies of Andrew Yang is actually. Well, if we if we get people on this UBI program, then we can cut, you know, we can cut other programs to get them on UBI. And uh, I, I just wish we could maybe cut cut the defense budget in, in order
0: to fund UBI. I think that would be <laughs> that'd be funny uh, to see that happening. Like, you you want a military, you pay for the military with your UBI check. Exactly. That'd be an interesting checkbox, right? Like I, I, this is a weird thought process to have, given how you know I feel about all of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's a big centrally controlled screw up, right? And, yes. And so, obviously, uh, trying to solve their screw up is is a, uh, uh, I guess, a fool's errand. It's completely a waste of our time. Um, our our strategy would be to avoid them <laughs> as much as
0: possible. As much as possible hide it and hide your money in crypto somewhere yeah something like that Um, well i mean in in the world we live in that's you know that's that's where those in the know are going to end up doing it i mean you know it's 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 hard to track you know cash transactions um but if the if you know if the federal reserve is value is the federal reserve note is losing value uh you know, and you're losing it in savings because, you know, the inflation is higher than the interest. Um, I, th- you know, personally, right. I think the best alternative to store value, um, is somewhere in crypto. I don't, I, I want to say Bitcoin, uh, but I, I don't do enough research and my information is not worth $4,000 to give that out. Um, but that is my personal strategy is keep as you know, keep, keep liquidity for expenses. Um, but you know, tuck away as much as I can in, into not a savings account, but something that, you know, has the potential, uh, to, to rise up into the future, um, and beat the U S inflation, right? Like that's, that's the only, that's the real only goal of like storing value. It's not getting ahead. It's not becoming wealthy. It's, you know, cashing out into liquidity later on. Um, you know, when, when your job's not cutting it anymore, um, what are you going to do? You know? And I have that debate with M, right? You know, she's like, no, no, let's, you know, she, she wants to like, Oh, let's go on a trip to Orlando. Like, no, let's, let's not, (laughs) let's, let's find a way to like, you know, stretch the money we have now, um, and get some, you know, get some real assets, not vacations, you know, now, um, so that you know when the you know the shit does hit the fan um we have things of value to trade later um and then right then we can think about uh vacations and trips we can't you know now is not the time to, you know to be planning uh vacations with money we don't have yet you know what i mean i wrong sure. about this yeah <laughs> i'm like no save save up you know get some land get some property get that stuff in order you know Maybe, maybe become a landlord and charge some dirty commie, some rent money to extract wealth (laughs) from him, you know, and then use that money to go on vacation, right? Like, you know, let's, 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 let's set down roots um, and get established and, you know, get out of debt somehow first, you know, before, before we dig a deeper hole. All right. I'm ranting a little bit on that. Anything else? Nope. All right. What's the time? I think we're pretty close. Do you, do you, do you have any final thoughts or do you want to get into anything else cuz we're, we're real close to the end of No, I'm good. All right. All right. That'll do it for us then. Uh if the show comes up a little short, sorry. If not, woo. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, you know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, minds.com slash the anarchist experience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, um, and you know, I, I was gonna share this uh with you earlier, MC, but I think we actually have, unless it's a spam email that came through. Um we're we're starting to get uh Patreon uh donations and subscribers. So uh thank you very much. If that wasn't fake, uh you know who you are. Um uh, But donate to us to Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.